1: That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No process. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions
2: apply. See website for details. With Lucky Lands slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
4: Welcome back to a Celtic state of mind. This is your third instalment of the matchday coverage. We are collaborating with Celtic Down Under and from that particular show we have Sean Connolly. Welcome back to the show, Sean and your namesake, Lawrence Down uh, Down Under, actually, ironically enough. Down Under us two, Uh, and unusually, Lawrence, you're wearing green and white. No, like you to be wearing green and white. Classic wee Sergio um, tennis shirt. Brilliant, love it.
3: I'm just disappointed that they don't have my limeade today, mate. <laughs> they don't have what? I don't have my limeade today. <laughs> I really
4: do really remember. Crazy. Oh, Lawrence. I do remember when Celtic won a double in 87-88 and they go going the dressing room. The brilliant footage of uh, Tommy Burns and Roy Aiken with their bottles of limeade. Uh, the green juice, everything was green. Superb. But yeah, it was either limeade or orange crush, let's be honest. <laughs> or a bit of both. I don't know what you call that cocktail. Um, Half time. We were talking about games that sometimes fizzle out. Sean, and uh, I don't think that one fizzled out. Cracking se- second half as well.
0: I'll, I'll actually say it, I thought it was, kind of for the first 15 minutes. Uh, I thought we didn't create anything really. Uh, and then Kamara had a couple of half chances and then we made the, the substitutions and then we just, we raised the level at that point. So I thought the substitutes were really effective at uh, changing the game. And I don't know if that was just, energy or whatever but like it was uh, or if it was Cal, Callum McGregor pushing further forward so Adam Moy could sit in his old job but uh, it, I thought the, the subs changed the game in the second half
4: Yeah, you see this is one of the big things that we've got now um, we we did have it I think uh, to a lesser degree after the January transfer window last season Lawrence but we really do have um, you know an embarrassment of riches on the bench and I think what Sean says is spot on even if you get to that point where, you know, McInnes is parking the bus, it's going to be harder to break them down. You've got those changes. We're going to be talking about the goals, but um, how important is, is this strength and depth that Ange
3: now has at his disposal, Lawrence? Well, I think it's pivotal to, to the way he wants to play football, you know, pressing from the front. It's hard to do that for 90 minutes for an individual, so we need the court to come off the bench and continue that pressing. But, you know, even if it's not from open football, third game in a row, a goal from a corner, and who, and then it's another goal scoring centre half, Carroll Starfield. Yeah,
4: what one in fifty? <laughs>
3: <laughs> you
4: know, it's getting better all the time, though.
0: What was the biggest shock? Was it that Starfield scored? Was it that Power didn't get booked, or was it Celtic TV didn't cut out? Uh, I th- power will
3: booked. Think... I mean, listen, he open a branch of Clintons when he finishes career? Is it? <laughs> I was going to
4: say. It was not only that Starfield scored, but he scored with his left foot, Sean. So let's go back to what we were saying before. <laughs> we know nothing about football, right? <laughs> because Kyogo scores and obviously, you know, Abada, um, we were talking about him being on a bench. Hank Maeda got two assists in the first half. Yeah, and Starfield scores with his left foot. And we said he was useless on his left foot. So fair okay, play to him. And, well, and well, I loved well, his well, celebration.
3: Well, of the game?
4: That's a that's a good shout, actually. I mean, very unusually, we had two overhead kicks that we'll talk about. Which was the best technique, Sean? I'll throw that one over to you. Ah, oh, Jack and Marcus easily. Although
0: Jens's was very ra- reactive, which is impressive itself, you know. But uh, I love Jack and Marcus because when you got time to think about it, and when it's coming down straight above you, that's very much a different thing from swinging round in a kind of volley motion. Uh, yeah, his was very
4: impressive. Goalkeeper didn't have a chance. He did not. He did not, Sean. Thompson comes in, noticed when Moy came on. This is a point you were making, Sean. He was playing as mm-hmm. a six with Cal Mack, pushing further up. I think uh, Moy, he's been quite a shrewd addition to the squad, Lawrence. I remember when he came in and, you know, there were some people on social media um, saying that it was uh, unambitious or, you know, penny pinching and all this kind of stuff. I, I've said from the start, it
3: was a no-brainer to bring Moy in. I think he showed that today. I was talking to your friend, uh, Big Chris Sutton, down at the Peter Scaff in Linwood uh, a few weeks back. And he was saying, "It's a free transfer for a five-six million pound player.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You know why aren't we absolutely ecstatic? this? The guy's a five-six million pound player. Great pedigree. One of the first names in the Australian team sheet. And it's an area that lets Calm go further forward. and obviously knows him very well. It's mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's definitely an old brain. Just, I just can't believe people weren't more excited."
4: Yeah, th- this is the thing though, because I think we did get two marquee signings, if you could call them that, in Vickers and Jota. Um, but every signing can't be a 6 or £7 million player, Sean. And I think mm-hmm. that sometimes a, a moil come in, potentially, just to-, to bolster the squad. But also we needed someone in there when you're looking at the likes of uh, Beton and the aforementioned Rogic. Uh, leaving the club. And I think you've probably seen a lot more of him, actually, Moy. More, more so you can maybe give us a wee bit more of an insight. But I think he's got the defensive and the attacking qualities that we probably lost with the, the two players I mentioned.
0: It's interesting because he does usually play a lot more attacking for Australia than he did today. Uh, I actually thought he kind of was lacking a bit of urgency when he was on the ball, uh, compared to what it's usually like with McGregor there. And then there's the same a similar kind of thing with Starfelt when he had it at his feet, um, which could just be lack of sharpness, you know, lack of match fitness, some you know, coming in from the cold, that sort of thing. But yeah, it's he does normally play further forward for Australia and he's not usually getting a lot of shots in goal and being that kind of getting into the box kind of player. Maybe he's just moving back with age as well. It could be that too.
4: Mm. It does have the look of Tommy Gravison about him as well another marquee signing that didn't mm. really work out for at Celtic but there's plenty of stories about him that's for sure Joe Porter Celtic are a giant bag of Haribo Star Mix absolutely wonderful uh, which reminds me I need to stop at the garage on the way home and Joe Fulham parked buses aren't going to cut the mustard with this team let's talk about that comment Lawrence um, many Celtic sides have come up against this parked bus mentality I'd understand it you know you've got teams there that point against Celtic regardless of how they get it um, you know it's magnificent right Uh, because you can't just write off the four games against Celtic in the park the bus and they're frustrating us and all this kind of thing Um, but it does seem as though we do find a way Um, I mean even some games last season it was a frustration it was certainly a frustration the season before and does it just come down again to that moment where if they have sussed you out and they are frustrating you we just have the quality on the bench to shake it up a bit as well
3: yeah, we can bring something different on, but it's the volume of chances we create every game. And now we seem to have a corners sorted, you know. It's a, almost a goalie start now. So, yeah, it's a bit of a worry for teams what to do. Jot has just been absolutely class. Taylor mm-hmm. playing inverted fullback, you know, what a game again he's had today. I think there's a wee bit more complex system than most teams play, and, and it's harder for them to pick players up. So, yeah, yeah it's... We've got strength and depth. Jared did warn us that it's the second season, things get really good. And on the evidence so far, it's beginning to look that way.
4: He did warn us of this, Sean. <laughs> uh we did <laughs> I think Jared became more of a regular at that point where we wanted to know more about Ange Cogley. He was speaking about this um second season syndrome, the sophomore season. Um but I think I maybe misread that thinking we were almost expected not to win anything in the first season because it was all about uh, bringing together this team. It didn't work out this way and the, the movement that, that's been made in terms of the transfer market, um, I mean, one new player, if, if you don't count Carter and Jota, started today. Um, but we do look as though we're a much more cohesive unit. What else can we look forward to this season for mans Because I don't think he's finished, both in this transfer window and in January as well. Well, the things that <clears throat> Jared's always, he knows more about it than me, but he, the things he's talked
0: about most uh, for second season is um, the, the cross-field ball becoming more of a feature uh, towards the, the the wingers or the fullbacks. Um, he said that's apparently something that comes in second season. And something that I've noticed uh, based on preseason and now is that the goalkeeper is actually a lot higher. Like, kind of like what he tried to do in last preseason and then backed out of, it seems to be actually happening now. And the inverted fullbacks are actually starting inside now rather than coming inside, which is another thing I've noticed too. So there are, there's there been changes throughout, uh, but the thing, that, again, the thing to watch out for the most, I think is going to be that cross field ball. And I think that's probably part of the reason why Adam Moy has come in, because he does mm-hmm. have that. and Callum McGregor has it too. So uh, and I think it's something you can kind of expect from the fullbacks as well, which is maybe why Juranovic is really keeping someone like uh, Ralston out of the team too.
4: Yeah, I, I want to see more of, of Moy. There's a few comments coming in here talking about Bernabe and, you know, bringing him in and having a look at him. But I just think that uh, Ange borster is ruthless in his pursuit and um, obviously he's not going to give any cheap minutes. Paul McLean, Celtic gathering ahead of steam now. It's great to look forward to every game, including the one on the 3rd of September. 35 games unbeaten domestically, Lawrence. Um, I think that probably exceeds any expectations that we had. The last defeat coming against Livingston, Last season. Of course we've got I think every game's massive, but we've got the game coming up against Rangers. We now sit um ahead of them. I think it's two goals better off when it comes to goal difference. We are nine of a goal difference and Rangers are sitting on seven um, obviously we're not concentrating on anyone except Celtic but here's the thing again we will talk about it because it's bizarre it was mentioned in the commentary as well got to shake your head at the mentality of these clubs uh, sold for a pound came in I'm, no, I'm not sure what that means uh, not selling empty seats under 10,000 there today cost them almost 200 grand uh, no wonder Scottish football was gubbed we spoke a wee bit about this before the game I mean it didn't do us any harm Sean but if you're going to look at the, the situation based on business and the economy of it it doesn't make sense I mean we went to Livingston last season they beat us I mean no difference to it it doesn't you know rid yourself of the home advantage it really doesn't but surely for the two games against Celtic and the two games against Rangers you can make an extra nearly a quarter million pound times four sure that's a no-brainer
0: well yeah but they also Probably spent uh, the commandant fans probably spent all their money in the bus fare to Ibrox yesterday as well, <laughs> um, but I don't, also don't think we help ourselves with, and we don't do it that often. But today, some of the songs weren't very good coming from uh, the way end. Uh, there was a one particular that we seem to have gotten rid of and came back today. Aimed at Derek McInnes, uh, is it the to the uh, the sectarian one? You know what I'm talking about. I don't know if I should say the lyrics.
4: He's mentioned it before, Sean. He's actually spoken about it before when he was the manager at Aberdeen, didn't he? And mm-hmm. um, it, it's something that it's obviously a, a, a huge uh, hot potato of a topic. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen a few people trying to uh, go toe-to-toe with, with, with this argument online. And it's one of the ones that uh, you really need to be prepared for a bit of a... Um, a bit of a to-and-fro because there's a lot of people who will oppose that kind of view but it has been pretty prevalent and not just at the away games either and it's something I was talking about during the week and it is something I'm sure we will focus on in a big, big way. Do you think that plays a part, Lawrence, when teams are making these decisions? Because I know that JP had a very interesting Twitter discussion with Alan Burrows at Motherwell uh, who took the time to try and explain why he didn't give
3: Celtic two or three stands at Fir Park. I, I think you know, saying economically it makes sense for these four games. They've got to look at it longer. If they lose fans that come to the rest of the home matches because of this and, and lose supporters overall, because yeah, I think uh, Alan Burrows said, look, they'd ask fans. They're doing what their fans want. The Motherwell fans don't want to give their stadium over to Celtic fans or the Rangers fans. So why should we? You, you can see the point, you know, if Motherwell t- to lose a couple of thousand fans out of her, that. Know, I like think it,
4: that's
3: what Alan Burrows was saying, Lawrence, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's long-term for them. You've got to remember, you, you know, it, 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 as much as Celtics everything to us, you, you know, these clubs aren't run for the benefit of Celtic or Rangers. You know, they've got to run for the benefit of themselves and, and for their community. I think there should be more people in there. I think there's got to be a happy medium, you know. Kamala could... Sporadic fans through the the three stadiums that the three stands that they had, mm-hmm. could they maybe sell their season books and block and say, "Well, look, we're going to try and house most of these in the main stand and then behind the goal or whatever they they want to do it." Because some of the arguments we do want to move fans for individual games will be a bit smarter about the way you sell your seats then mm-hmm. and season books, but at the end of the day they've got to be running for the benefit of their own fans and you know we do kind of look at things through, uh, through a Celtic state of mind if you want yeah, to Yeah we certainly do we certainly now, do uh, the way you were explaining the kind of league table mate you know goal difference and all that I think you were looking for the phrase looking down on the Rangers is what you are looking for
4: Someone has mentioned that in the comments, Lawrence, yes. Um, Liam Tennant comes in, overhead kick, nutmegs as well. Jeez Louise, um, I tell you what, when you're looking at the giacomacchus Kyogo situation, and who starts? I mean, Kyogo's not had a bad start to the season, Sean, but when you can bring on Yakamakas, after the season he had, top goal scorer last season, and he seems hungry, doesn't he? He seems hungry for goals. Um, I still think we, we don't change the shape to accommodate anyone because having that. Uh, the two players really vying for the jersey, I think, works very, very well throughout a long season. There's going to be injuries, there's going to be a loss of form, of course there is. Um, but again, Yakimakis comes on and just reminds us what he can offer when he comes on at the pack, which is completely different from what Kyogo offers as well. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a great headache for for Ange to have, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and look, they don't seem to be missing a step when the, the changes are made. Look, they just... All the players seem to know each other so well that they, even if there is a an adjust, like even if there is an adjustment to where you're going to put that ball or what kind of run you can expect to be seeing ahead of you, they they're not they're not missing a beat on that. You know, they're they're adjusting to it on the hop and doing it very well. They all seem to know each other that well now.
4: Paul Cunningham comes in, free scoring, never boring. Someone should put that on a metal sign and sell it. Uh, Stevie boy, we don't ever stop. We don't stop. Absolutely not. Somebody should put that on a T-shirt and sell it. And uh, <laughs> Jungle Lion, remember, suitor for player of the year. Surely somebody didn't say that, did they? Suitor for player of the year. Um, Ian Mcmonigo, Greg Taylor, my man of the match, brown display. Let's not forget just how good Greg Taylor was across the entire game because I think at full time you, you tend to focus on the second half. But what a performance again, Sean. Did you see... This in Greg Taylor. I mean, I I remember talking a few years back about um, watching the players in an away European game um, and having the opportunity actually to see them kind of behind the scenes. And Greg Taylor had... Um, something of a leadership about him he had a quality about him for s- someone who was so young and actually quite new to the squad but it was pretty clear that the players did respect him he was a bit of a leader and I think what we've seen here uh, in fact Kevin Graham got logistic for saying he should be the captain at one point but um, Greg Taylor it really is coming to the fore um, however if there is an injury or a suspension you've got a guy sitting on the bench there that we've not even seen in Burnaby, a new signing, Argentinian player, um, yet to make his competitive debut. But did you see it in Taylor? Did you see this this improvement in him?
0: I mean, when he came, when we came back from the COVID break two years ago, or whenever it was, uh, the chat was that he was the one that had done the most work. Well, everyone was at home, like based on the metrics that were being fed through, and these sports bras that the players wear, and um, you know, in the attraction of him as a player at that point was how reliable he was how sturdy he was he was always a six or seven and you know he was never going to give away an easy goal that sort of thing and he's since then he's gone up he went up a level last year and he seems to have just gone up another level this year and i don't really know where it's come from but um i'm very happy with it to be honest
4: yeah one guy who did support him from the very beginning through thick and thin was uh lawrence conley um, who just ha- so happens to be on the show today? Lawrence, you did see something in Greg Taylor. It was one of the ones, like all last season, we kept talking about Tony Ralston. And then there was this discussion point during the pre season where we were going to say, who who's going to be the, the Tony Ralston next season? I didn't mean somebody coming in who had been at the club, etc. Just, you know, that improvement in a player. And I think we are seeing it, but it started last season, didn't it?
3: Yeah, it, Taylor's workweight is just phenomenal. And- even, you know, when he was in a team that's gone through, you know, a few years back, sticky patches, he's one of the guys that never hit in the park. You know, you could see guys out there not showing for the ball and not making an effort. Nothing you could ever accuse Greg Taylor of. And you know, the phrase we never stop or we don't stop, that just really epitomizes Greg and his attitude to playing football. So
2: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details.
3: Yeah, he, he, in many ways, you know, he's an ideal guy for Ange to, to coach and to, to bring his game up a level. And, I think you know, as a week aside, something else that Jared said. So he's seen uh, Ange play 4 two, 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 and play four-two-two-two, and win the league was it? You know, maybe we, we we might come in a bit, and and Taylor's game going on. We might even get a chance to see K. L. going Yakamakis up front in that kind of formation.
4: It would be interesting. I, I just think the pockets of space that uh, Yakamakis we saw it against Rangers in February. Um, you know, he basically stretched that back line, didn't he, all night? Um, and if you've got someone feeding from what he's creating, it would be interesting to see. I think there will be opportunities um, in games this season. And uh, Michael Ross comes in to call it total football. Well, that's interesting because, you know, most people look at the Dutch uh, total football revolution when, when they won, uh, Dutch football won, I think, th- was it three European Cups in a row? Uh, Lawrence and you you know you've got Feyenoord actually the first Dutch team to win the European Cup was Feyenoord against Celtic but total football in its infancy you you would need to go back to the 50s and it was um, Ferenc Puskas's Hungarian side who eventually uh, managed over in Australia Antiporso Coglu and you can just tell Sean that some of that influence is, is fed through to Angie's philosophy can't you?
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And that's why <clears throat> Postacoglu always talks about his dad as well and how he just wants, anytime he puts a team out, he just like wants to impress his dad and his dad's spirit and how, how he remembers him and things like that. So he's really tied to that philosophy and he'll, he'll never give that up. He'll never compromise on that, uh, which is... Like Quite a thing, really, you know, um, and hopefully that plays out in a positive sense in Europe this year. It'd be really something to see if you can translate that onto the big stage.
4: Let, let's open up on that one then, because you've got this philosophy. It seems to marry in with, with uh, that traditional Celtic style, you know. We go back to Jockstein's quote about winning the European Cup, playing a certain brand of football. Or was it just about winning it? But it was the brand of football that, that you uh, deployed as well. But how, how will that fit in Europe? Because we have seen a very cavalier style previously with Brendan Rodgers, who um, was very stubborn in, in that he didn't want to really change in Europe, Sean. And mm-hmm. I think some people are concerned with that. If you really, you know, meet some of the <laughs> the real big guns, you don't want a seven nothing, a seven one five nothing kind of scoreline. Um, how do you think this will translate onto the European stage this season in the Champions League?
0: I think it will translate well but you have to rely on the quality at a certain point uh, you're going to have to rely on some one-on-one quality and that's where it's going to show or tell you know uh, when he came in last year and he was saying oh if they scored three we'll score four that's not something we've really seen in Scotland because teams aren't having a crack at us uh, but it's something we did see in Europe where the results were consistently 3-2, 4-3, that sort of thing and you know you, you might get one like the Barre uh, Leverkusen where we lost 4-0 uh, but I think the philosophy really is defending from the front and that's really takes a lot of pressure off. And look, as you said, Brendan Rodgers was getting annihilated with, uh, playing his type of football, uh, not adjusting it. But I think this is a bit of a different thing. I don't think that's the same. I don't think that's a fair comparison. And, uh, and yeah... Uh, we will see, <laughs> hopefully positively, uh, but we don't. We I don't want us to be doing the thing where we did with Rodgers, where we were all crying out for the return to Lenny Ball. Uh, you know, Barcelona at home tactics. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, maybe if you are playing Liverpool, Barcelona, or Madrid, it's, you might need to adjust. But it, basically, anyone outside the top ten in Europe, we should be playing that fearless brand. I think.
4: Fearless, like the uh, the flag behind you, just uh, go going all at it with the boxing gloves on. I remember you were probably there, Lawrence, chalky telling us at McCool's and in, in Glasgow that um, you know even when he was at Man U in the academy he found Brendan Rogers' teams really easy to suss out. And I, I just don't think that the same can be said about
3: Anne's Coglu's side. No, I don't think it can, mate. And you know you're you're going back to, to Puskas. I, I'd have thought you were the back to Jimmy Hogan. Yeah. You know that's who Füzesi in Hungary, credit. You know the great Celtic coach or mm-hmm. the 40s had such a, an influence on the, the upcoming lines in the, the style of football. Then
4: I know, I know, I'm old, Lawrence, but the 40s is, is just before my time. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see you were there,
3: but you know, you, you do know your history. <laughs>
4: you know? Absolutely. No, thanks for that. Thank you. you no, know, you're right. Yeah, Jimmy Hogan, obviously, he was a pioneer, wasn't he? And um, you know, he, he went from Celtic, and he was a massive part of that that uh, implementation of a certain style of football. Which, again, you look at the Hungarian game against England, where they annihilated them, and it was one of the, the, the it was a video. I don't know what kind of video um, later later on in life that Jock continually watched. You know, he, he really wanted to implement this this beautiful style of football. Um, and I think we've got a student of the game and Ange Postecoglou, and every one of us really appreciates what he's bringing uh, to Celtic. But Lawrence, when we're talking about European football, what, what's your thoughts on that? Because we have seen cavalier approaches, albeit slightly differently. Uh, you know, backfiring on us. We have got the the big draw on the twenty fifth of this month coming up, we're all very excited, whatever draw you're going to get is going to be difficult but do you agree with Sean that you know there, there has to be a level of caution when you're coming up against some of these
3: top, top sides I don't know if it's, it's caution so much uh, maybe realism but we saw in glimpses, look at it. away against Betis, you, you, you know, it mm. was crack 20 minutes there, even away against Leverkusen, We've got remember, you know that's Ange, first year in the door not, not, not a complete squad by any means that you know, it certainly wasn't a, the level of squad he's got to choose from now. So we've seen that it can work in patches of games very early on when he's still trying to implement it. So I think this second season, I wouldn't see there's any reason for him to adjust his ideals. And indeed, <laughs> he's already came out and said that he doesn't adjust his philosophy. This is the way he knows how to win football matches, and you know it's been pretty successful for him throughout his career. So you would need to say, well. He's probably entitled to give it a go, isn't he? Mm
4: yeah and I think he'll be buzzing to, to actually test himself on a Champions League stage uh, we're going to talk a wee bit about Jota I don't want to forget about the not only the goal but the overall performance of, of Jota um, Egyptian King there'll be a few in this uh, studio happy as well that Starfield has scored his first goal because I never shut up about it uh, last season uh, to the point where if there was a betting man I'd probably back him every game knowing that it eventually um, it would come now with regards to we're talking about European football we know that uh, sometimes it can be uh, what a one-on-one! A bit of brilliance, Sean. And if you're talking about brilliance so far this season, you've got to talk about Jota. What another another phenomenal performance! Every goalie scores seems to be better than the last he really does seem to have um, something a wee bit different this season. But again, we went back to that argument about just because we've signed him permanently doesn't mean to say that we've signed the same player. I mean, he's bedding into the second season, full pre-season under his belt. Um, and, and I actually think players like him and Djuranovic and Hatati and a few others are going to get better. But how impressed have you been with the, the, um, the start to the season that Jota's made?
0: Yeah, he's been immense. And not just uh, the spectacular goals he's been scoring but his link-up play with Juranovic down the right has been brilliant uh, it's, there was a point today where they just made the, this move and I was like oh, just, they just read each other so well and even other players are just seeing him running into the box he's just yeah he reminds me of I don't know it, it doesn't remind me of anyone that's ever played for Celtic before to be honest um, yeah I don't know who, who would you even compare him to?
4: See that's an interesting that's an interesting chat because um, during the week there I'm not sure what date it was, but we were talking about other players we brought in out in the wing and uh, on loan, uh, you know, and at the time, I, I would have signed El Yunusi if we could have done on a permanent, and I know a lot of Celtic fans would have signed, like, say, Paddy Roberts, but like Sean says, Lawrence, different types of players. I mean, can you remember someone with, with that kind of flair and, and that, uh, that ability that Jota seems to display? On the wing? Uh, I, I
3: don't know. Uh, Brian McLaughlin? Not, not, not the 90s, I don't know. Uh, Prime McGawkin, has a callback. <laughs> yeah, uh, you,
4: you, You're talking of the original or Eddie Munster from the 1990s? The, the, the original,
3: mate. The original, the original yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. he, there was, he, he there... definitely got something different, but I think as with these, I suppose, Maverick-style players, the Mavericks because they've got that difference individuality to their game, so it's kind of hard to compare people that the very thing about their games, the individual talent. So you're going, who's this guy? Who's this thing? Like he's got this uniqueness to his game. Who's he like? Well, it's kind of hard because it's unique, isn't it? That's mm. the thing that's making them stand out.
0: He's a he's a player out of time. Like he's the reason he wasn't getting a game for a team like Benfica is because he has that style that. If you think back to like two thousand three, two thousand and four when you had Tyrion Wee, JJ Acocha, Paolo Di Canio, Yuri Jorkev, all lighting up the premiership, those players wouldn't get a look in at the premiership anymore. Like the kind of games moved on from that. And that's Jota would have fitted in right in that era. And he's it's just a miracle that he's managed to find his way into this team where he can do that do that and be that player.
4: I think it's a great point because um when you look back on that, it was probably one of my uh, most enjoyable as a fan at uh, times and I was interested uh, outside of the Celtic bubble at that point Sean, I did watch a lot more football outside the Celtic because I did find it far more entertaining and you had the individuals um, but it's all about systems now isn't it and Mm -hmm. and particularly in the big I say the big leagues I'm talking the the top four top six leagues where they play a system and that individual brilliance often you know just won't fit but last season I I was constantly uh, moaned at and I don't mind that uh, getting moaned at on the comments because I was comparing him to David Ginola uh, a player who Mm. didn't play for Celtic but obviously almost did he was in the building we didn't sign him
3: what was that Lawrence? tried to charge Fergus for the taxi Who's Ginola? Yeah, didn't he? You know, he left Celtic and then taxi into Central Station and away down to Newcastle. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the, well, he came the, back to open the stand. Didn't he did. He did play. It? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did play. Yeah, he did play. I can't remember now. Is it Ferdinand scored for them in that game?
4: Oh, I mean, I need to check. Obviously, the famous story also is of John Hughes picking up Rod Stewart. That was his first act as a Celtic player. Go and pick up Rod because he needs to cut the ribbon. Um, Gianola had been in the building at the time. He would have been a phenomenal signing you know, from PSG. Um, I'd need to check if he actually played against us for PSG. No, he didn't because that was in the same season signed did. he signed for Newcastle. Mahe did. Mahe and, and Paul Le Guin mm-hmm. and Patrice Loco and all that. But he was part of that signing and he signed for to...
3: Newcastle. Whose brother? Socrates, wee brother, played against us for PSG. Yeah, right. That was his wee brother. Wow, that's, that's his wee brother. Yeah.
4: <laughs> ah, the things you learn on Axum, Sean. It's incredible. But but Janola, Janola would be the player that I would because you know he could also play both wings, couldn't he? Um, and just the way that he glides past players, but also he had this ability to cut inside. And we've seen a couple of the goals this season where Giannola's cut inside and, and and he struck things. And and a few of them actually haven't come off. But uh, I'm going to go for Giannola, who also had great hair. Maybe not as as good as Jota, but he had a phenomenal mane on that head of his. Uh, um, and if, if Jota... I mean, if Jota keeps going the way he's going, he is going to be one of the players, though, Sean, that, you know, you're going to have to try and protect him because the vultures will be circling Celtic Park. And there's a few guys like that I'm a bit worried about. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, because we're we do have a, a, a litany of, of players here, a litany of talent and, and Juranovic obviously has got that interest. Before we go, let's have a wee chat about that. Do you think there will be any big departures and do you also think that you know we're going to get another couple of bodies in before the transfer window shuts?
0: I reckon we get one in, uh, maybe two but I think there's no big departures this side of the World Cup. I think with the World Cup being when it is, that's when players like Juranovic and Will go in the shop window, and if they leave, it will be in January uh, when our Champions League s- will probably be done with, but maybe not, hopefully not. Uh, so, yeah, I'd say not in the next two weeks, no big players going.
4: Right, first of all, Gary Doonan comes in, and I'll tell you what, you better check this, Lawrence. Was he not doing this, brother? It. No, I'm sure You better it. Fact check
3: well, it. We will, we'll have a fact check
4: on it, mate. Fact check it, and Michael's telling me to let it go. Let it go. Listen, I've never let go of the fact that he didn't sign for us, Michael. Um, I'm still reeling on that. Uh, so every time I can talk about the great man, um, I do bring him in. And what a great kit Newcastle had back then as well. Home and away. Adidas. Maybe Adidas should actually model our home jersey on the Newcastle away jersey that they had in that era. It was fantastic. Remember oh. the pur- purple and blue one? Yeah.
3: They were against Liverpool, didn't they? Fourth yeah. Yeah. They
4: did two, four, three games against Liverpool, didn't they? They did, they did, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Um, Here we go. JR reckons that you're right. Is anybody checking this? JR reckons that you're right, Lawrence. I didn't know he was anybody's wee brother, so I'm I'm just going with the flow here. Um, Oh, here we go. Um, Jota, Larson Nakamura. You know, that's interesting that you're rating him in the top three players as well, but he does have that ability, doesn't he? Can Jota hit a
3: free kick? I know the other two could. No, no, I can't. Maybe something to add to the armory of this team. Now we've got Connor Sussed.
0: I reckon he's like a, a Paddy McCourt that can track
4: back. Oh, a fit Paddy McCourt, an, a, an athletic Paddy McCourt. There you go, like it, there you go. Listen, it's been a great, um, a great performance by Celtic and a, and a really good set of bulletins today as well. Um, if you haven't already noticed, a Celtic state of mind are teaming up this season with Celtic Down Under, our friends um, over in Australia and Japan. One of you guys are, are uh, based in Japan as well. Uh, for the match day coverage, we stream live on Celtic Down Under's Twitter and A Celtic State of Mind's YouTube. Um, So if you haven't already done so, get the, the boys followed on the socials and on the YouTube channel. Subscribe to them on there as well. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. Thank you to Lawrence and Sean for joining me again on A Celtic State of Mind.
1: Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.